Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. A few years ago, uh, I read a book called The Power of Habit. Uh, and it's by this guy, Charles Duhigg. And uh, it's an awesome book if you're just looking for, you know, some, some you know, personal development and you just want to get better. Uh, it's, a, it's a great book to read. Uh, it's all about how the habits that we make and the habits that we break, they've got the power uh, to shape who we're becoming. And, and so I uh, read this book and in this book, I was introduced to this concept of a keystone habit. Is anybody familiar with this? Anybody keystone habit? Yeah, a couple of you. Everybody else is like, no. Well, that's why I'm here. So uh, the keystone habit, basically he kind of proposes this idea that not all habits are created equal, that there are some habits that they have the power to actually have a, a ripple effect into the rest of your life. Like if you will put these habits into place, they have a ripple effect and they will actually impact other areas of your life that maybe you didn't even intend for them to impact. And so this is a keystone habit. He gives some examples, some examples of these keystone habits. One is making the bed. Where are my bed makers? Yeah. Okay, we got some people in here. The 915 crowd had a lot of bed makers. You're the 1115 crowd. You guys were like, nah, see you later, you know? Uh, I personally, that is not like, there's, there's no shade being thrown there. Uh, I personally am not a bed maker. I just don't see the point. I'm like, we are gonna be right back here in a few hours, you know? So um, I, and I know people have made the argument, my wife does this, where she's like, you know, like, you don't think that about the rest of the house. Like you clean up the house as you go, even though it's gonna get messy because we have kids. And I'm like, yeah. Still don't want to make the bed. So, um, so, but, but making the bed, he, he, he lists that as a keystone habit because he's like, hey, you know, you make the bed first thing in the morning, you start the day off with, uh, with a check in the win column, right? Like if you did nothing else today, if you were terrible, you accomplished something, you made that bed, right? Like, and so it starts your day off with a win and you've accomplished something and that like has this ripple effect, right? Uh, other keystone habits that he mentioned. He talks about uh, an exercise uh, routine, uh, working out three times a week, he said, has this ripple effect into a bunch of other areas of your life. It affects uh, your mental state. It affects your physical state. And so it has this ripple effect into other areas of your life. If you're working out at least three times a week. Another one that he mentions is uh, planning your day the night before. Do we have anybody that is a like plan? Oh yeah, look at that. Go getters. Uh, yeah, planning the day, the night before, like going over your calendar, thinking about what's gonna happen the next day um, so that you happen to the day and the day doesn't happen to you. That's right, car pay the deal, you know? Like, and so it, it's, it's one of those. Um, an, another one that he mentioned was like, even if, if you're not gonna plan your whole day, he talks about just even picking out your outfit the night before, right? Like, so that you're not wasting a bunch of time in the morning, like, nope, this shirt makes me, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then you're ending up changing clothes a bunch of times and you have what's called decision fatigue. That's why Obama only had like two suits and he would just like, 
it's the blue one today, right? Like, and so it was easy, it helped. And then all of a sudden now he's able to walk into other things that he's got going on and, uh, and, and be able to have like his brains not, not decision fatigued. Uh, Dr. Dre also does this. He wears all black with white Nikes. Big Dr. Dre fan, yeah, okay. So, um, and so he, he also does that routine, right? So uh, a, a, a last one, another example is uh, the idea of a, a gratitude journal or like a processing the day at the end of the day journal, right? And, uh, and so he says, like, if you start the day um, with your focus on gratitude, you, you have a gratitude journal, or if you end the day by like processing like things that you experienced that day, it has this mental impact on you and it affects how you go into the rest of the day or the next day. And so he talks about these and he calls these keystone habits, right? These are ones that have a ripple effect. Not all habits are this way, but these keystone habits are this way. And his encouragement in the book is, uh, is for you to identify and then to actually implement some keystone habits, right? Because he knows what we uh, are talking about in this series. He knows that, that, that time is limited. And we used these as illustrations last week. We said these represent the 168 hours this is, uh, that you're given in a week. Uh, and, and so each of us has this and we put it into different categories, whether it's sleep or work or other activities. And he knows that time is limited and how you spend it is a really big deal. As we learned last week, we said that where your time goes, your life will follow, right? And so Duhigg knows that where you're spending your time and how you're spending your time, it impacts the life that you're gonna build. And so he says that it's important that you have some keystone habits, like a couple things over here that actually affect the rest of these things. And so he says, you should establish, you you should identify and establish some keystone habits. You should prioritize those because those things are gonna have a ripple effect in the way and, and how you spend the rest of your time. And so today, as we're continuing on in our series, uh, Worth It, we're, we're gonna actually talk about one of those things because as we learned, where your time goes, your life is going to follow and we're only given the same little amount. And it's non-renewable. You can't make more of it. You can't buy more of it. You can't borrow some from others, right? You can only spend this or waste it. And so we asked ourselves the question last week. We said, where are you spending your time? Are you investing it in what's worth it? Are you investing it wisely? Or are you wasting much of it on areas that aren't really worth it? And so hopefully this past week, you got an email that helped you to audit your time. Some of you, I would hope, uh, took some time to audit your time. You looked at where it was going and you applied the filter of wisdom and you made some adjustments. And, and so some of you, hopefully this week, your screen time went down a little bit. Uh, hopefully this week, you, you maybe spent a little less time uh, on Netflix and a little bit more time with some relationships that you were more intentional with. Maybe you got a little bit more sleep this week instead of just um, avoiding or just uh, distracting, like whatever it is. And, and so hopefully you did some of that because how we're spending this is a really, really big deal. And so this morning though, we wanna talk about one keystone habit 
We wanna talk about one keystone habit that has the power and the potential to impact the rest of this time. One habit, one uh, prioritization that if you would make with your time, one keystone habit that has the power and the potential to have a ripple effect in how and where you're spending the rest of your time. And I'll just go ahead and just let you know where we're going today. The, The keystone habit that we're gonna talk about today is your personal time with God. Today, we're gonna talk about your personal time with God. That's personal time spent with God, whether that's in the scriptures or in prayer, in silence and solitude, um, whatever that looks like, it's your personal pursuit of your relationship with God. That's what we're going to talk about because according to Jesus, according to Jesus, with the limited time that we've got, according to him, the most important investment you could make with your time is in your personal connection with him. And I wanna show you from his words why that is true and how that can actually have a ripple effect on the way that you're spending the rest of your time and who you're becoming. And so the teaching that I wanna get into this morning is, uh, it comes from John chapter 15. And, um, and in John chapter 15, Jesus is in the midst of like a series of conversations. The conversations actually kind of take place from like John 13 all the way to John 17. Um, Jesus is having these conversations where he's preparing his disciples for, uh, for life after his departure. So he knows his death is imminent. He knows that his resurrection is going to happen. And he knows that, uh, that he's going to then depart and leave the mission in the hands of these guys that have been spending time with him, these people that have been following him. And so he's preparing them. He wants to make sure that they keep the main thing, the main thing. He wants to make sure that they're prioritizing the right things. He wants to make sure that they're pursuing the right things and that they're ready for when he Departs, And so in, in the midst of these chapters, he's having these conversations. In John 13, he, he tells them uh, about uh, what the new command, the thing that they should be known for the most. And so he talks about that love one another just as I have loved you. And he says, that's what you ought to be known for the most. And so don't get it twisted. It's not just loving the way you'd like to be loved. It's loving the way that I've loved you. So Christians in the room, that should be our calling card. And for those of you that aren't Jesus followers in the room and you've had a negative experience with Christians who have gotten that wrong, I am so sorry. That is what Jesus says our calling card ought to be. That we would love, forgive, accept, that we would do the things that he did, that we would would sacrifice the way that he did, that we would love people in that way. And so he says, you know, I wanna make sure you get that right. That's the way the world's gonna know that you're mine. He keeps going in John chapter 14. He, he talks about how, hey, now you're, I'm gonna hand it off to you and you're gonna go and do greater things than even I've been doing, which is like, right? Like, and then uh, later, uh, after he gets to the part that we're gonna read today, he, he says, hey, I'm not gonna leave you alone. He says, I'm actually gonna put my spirit inside of you. My spirit is gonna be in you and that spirit is going to guide you into all truth. He's gonna show you the way to go. He's gonna comfort you when things get hard. He's gonna convict you when you get off of course. He, he's, he's gonna be there to empower and to transform your life. So I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm gonna leave you with a helper. The Holy Spirit is going to live inside of you. And so he mentions all of this in preparation. And then he has this prayer for them and for us in John 17. It's amazing. But right smack dab in the middle of that, he talks about something that we should prioritize, a keystone habit, if you will. He doesn't call it that because 
doohig did, right? Not Jesus, but, but Jesus mentions to us a prioritization, something that we should pursue and prioritize with our time. And it is our connection, our personal connection with him. And he talks about it. And I want to show you why that's such a big deal from Jesus's words, not my own. This is what Jesus says about our time with him. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so this teaching, this John 15 passage, it's actually the whole teaching is verses one through 17. And you can read about that in that. He says this remain, this stick with, this stay close, this stay connected to me. He actually repeats it like 11 times in 17 verses. And so he's really trying to emphasize this, but rather than read the whole big chunk for the sake of time, this is a great summary of that whole little mini sermon. This is like the sermon in a sentence right here is John 15, five, uh, where Jesus is telling us to prioritize our personal relationship with him. And he tells us why it's such a big deal. He starts and he says, I am the vine. He's like, I'm the vine. Now, if, if, if you're not familiar with vines and uh, you don't frequent wineries, uh, like the vine is, is the source, right? In layman's terms. Right? Like, and so Jesus is saying right here, he says, when he says, I am the vine, he's like, this is why you should prioritize your personal relationship with me. He says, because I am the source. The source of what? Well, the vine, when it comes to vines and branches, the vine is the source of life for the branch. And so he's saying right here, he's saying when he says, I'm the vine, he says, I am the source. I am the source of life. I am the source of your peace. I am the source of your strength. I am the source of your comfort. I am the source of your security. I am the source of your identity. I am the source of your purpose. I am the source of your hope. He's like, I am the source. And he says, and you, you're the branches. You and I, we're the branches, which means you guys, this is good news. It means we're meant to experience everything that Jesus is talking about. We're meant to experience life and hope and joy and peace and purpose and meaning. We're meant to experience that in this life, but we are not the source of those things. Jesus is. He says, look, I'm, I'm the source, you're the branch. And so you don't produce those things. You receive those things. You find those things in me, but I'm the source you're, you're not the source. And so as a branch, right, then, then what is it that we ought to prioritize? It's this right here, to stay connected to the source. He says, your, your goal, your priority ought to be as a branch, as someone that will not produce life and hope and identity and peace and confidence and, and, and security, you're not gonna produce that in and of yourself, he says, you got to get that from a source, from the source. He says, so your priority should be to stay connected to the source because we can go back to the verse because he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, right? Just like a branch broken off in your yard. It's not producing any more leaves or anything like that. It's just dead wood. He says, that's the same. That's true of you. Now I, I, I can tend to be a literalist, like when I'm reading the Bible. And so when I'm reading that and Jesus says, I can do nothing, my own little like skeptical dialogue I read. And I'm like, well, I mean, you can do things, right? 
You can do stuff, right? Like you don't have to believe in Jesus to wake up, brush your teeth and like go to work, right? Like he's not saying like, if you don't believe in me, you're gonna be like, oh no, I can't, no. You know what I mean? Like that, like he's, so he's not literally saying you can't do anything. He's saying, yeah, you can do stuff, but it won't amount to much, right? He's saying you can do a lot apart from me, uh, but at the end of the day, what you're gonna end up being is like an octopus on roller skates, you know, where you're just like lots of movement, but no progress, right? Like he's going like, that's, that's what it's going to be like. And you will find yourself feeling burnt out, beat down, anxious, angry, upset, empty. He's like, that's, that's where you're going to end up. He says, apart from the source, you will find yourself feeling burnt, down, burnt out, overwhelmed, anxious, empty. He says, apart from me, you can't do anything apart from the source. It will all amount to nothing. He's, it's, like, it's like drinking cups of ocean water. You can drink as much as you want and you still are gonna be thirsty. And Jesus says, this is what life is like, disconnected from me, apart from your personal connection with me. He says, but, but if you remain in me. If you remain in me, that, that word remain, it's also uh, translated in other versions, abide. The idea here is if you will stay with me, if you will stick close to me, if you will prioritize your connection with me, if you'll remain in me, which side note, isn't that amazing that Jesus doesn't, want, just, doesn't just want you to fear and obey him. He actually wants you to have personal relationship with him. Isn't that good news? And so he doesn't invite you just to dead, dry religion. He invites you into a personal relationship whereby you are close and connected with him. He says, if you will prioritize sticking close to me, if you will prioritize that personal relationship with me and I'm in you, he says, you will bear much fruit. To which some of us go, what? Like what's fruit? I mean, I know what fruit is. I love apples, right? Like, and so it's like, what's, what, what is Jesus getting at? Real quick, just, just interesting, like food for thought. Like when you're reading your Bible, uh, if, if, you, if you do that sort of thing, if you take time to open up the scriptures and you're, and you're reading, you'll see that there's, uh, it's often used, fruit is often used as an analogy. Um, and, and what it's often used uh, as an analogy for is this right here, fruit when the Bible references this, and it's usually in relation to actions or habits or behaviors or thoughts, it's usually, the fruit is usually the results. And so what Jesus is saying is, he's like, hey, listen, I'm the source, you're the branches, stay connected to the source. Apart from me, you can't do anything that's going to be lasting or, or meaningful. He's like, you're not gonna be able to do it. He's like, but if you'll stay connected with me, if you'll prioritize your relationship with me, it's going to produce results in you. This is what Jesus is teaching us, that prioritizing time with him will produce results in you. So this is like, this is what, this is a keystone habit you should establish in your life because I'm telling you, it's going to produce results in you. He says, if you'll, if you'll remain in me, if you'll stick close with me, if you'll stay connected with me, if you'll meet with me through scripture and through prayer and through time in silence and solitude, reflecting and, and becoming more aware of who I am and how I'm moving in your life, if you'll stay connected to me, 
He says, this is going to produce results in you. And so for the next few minutes, I just wanna talk to you about some of the results that are produced in you when you prioritize this, when this becomes a keystone habit of of your personal relationship with Jesus. I wanna talk to you just about a few, I actually have three this morning, three results that it produces when you prioritize your personal relationship with Jesus. This is the, the first one is the fruit of intimacy. And I know we normally only use intimacy as like, but like, not like, not just that, you know what I mean? Like when I, when I say the fruit of intimacy, I mean that when you prioritize your personal relationship with God, you get to know God better. You get to know God personally. You get to know God intimately when you prioritize your personal pursuit of him, right? As it says in James chapter four, verse eight, he says, if you'll draw near to God, God will draw near to you. You will meet with God and you will get to know God for yourself. If you'll prioritize a personal pursuit outside of here. Now, listen, it is amazing that you come here and that you sit in the rows, right? As, as Andy will always say, right? Like I make my living off of like you guys sitting in rows, but this this is, this is church, but this is not your personal relationship, right? Your personal relationship with Jesus is what begins to happen outside of here. And, and if you'll prioritize that, then you get to know God for yourself and you get to know who he is and what he's like. You know, there's a big difference between knowing about someone and knowing them personally, isn't there? A big difference. Like, like you can know about somebody and, and then you meet them and they're totally different, right? Like uh, they, can, they can be a, a total letdown or it can be way better than you thought it was going to be. I th- uh, my cousin, he used to, he and I, when we were growing up, we would collect baseball cards and my, and my little brother, right? And uh, now it's Pokemon cards, but uh, you can't, yeah, you can't meet them. So, um, and so uh, I, we collect, yeah, some of you are like, I met Pikachu the other day. It was at the mall. So um, we, we used to collect baseball cards. My cousin had his favorite baseball card, uh, favorite baseball player, and he had all of his cards and he knew all of his stats, just the way that some of you do. You know all the stats about your favorite athlete or some of you, your favorite celebrity, you know all the things about them. And, and my cousin was just convinced that if he could meet this guy, that I don't know, that either they would be best friends or this guy would adopt him or I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like my cousin was just like, oh, if I could just meet him. And then one, one uh, time he actually got to meet this guy, because he was a bat boy for a triple A team. And that team came to do like an ex, like the major league team came to do an exhibition game at this triple A field. And my cousin was a bat boy there. And he was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to meet fill in the blank. I, I always just, I, I leave his name out just in case one day, Hey man, if you're watching, you know what I mean? Like, like if he ever watches, I don't want to hear me bashing him. You know what I mean? So I'm sure he's a great guy now, but, um, but my cousin, right. Runs up to him with this baseball he knows everything about this guy. He's thinking, this is gonna be amazing. He's like, yo, look, I got this ball. And the guy goes, I don't have time to sign autographs tonight, kid. <laughs> and my cousin was like, no, you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm pretty sure he went home and burned all those baseball cards, right? Like, it was a way big letdown, right? When he, when he had known about him, he had him built up as something. And then when he knew him personally, it was a letdown. Other times it can be better than you thought right? Like I think about this. I became a, a youth pastor at 20 years old. I have no idea why that church did that. Um, and so 
Yeah, they were like, I think they just, they had had like five youth pastors in five years and I was just around. And so they were like, we, we choose you. And so, um, and so there it was, uh, that's how you get a job at churches, guys. You just stick around long enough and somebody starts paying you. And so, uh, and so that's, that's really, it was, it was like, they gave me this youth pastor job. And I remember the lady, Nancy is walking me around and she's showing me, you know, the youth fellowship where they do the chicken fingers stuff on Wednesday night. And so I'm like, all right. And, uh, and she walks me through this one area and there's these kids in the stairwell and she's like, oh, those are the stairwell boys. And I'm like, you can't call them that. Right. Like, and so she's like that, that, and uh, they were, um, they were, I, I, for lack of a better term, they were goth kids. Do you guys know goth? You know what I mean? Like black fingernails, you know what I mean? Like, and so um, if that is you here today though, do you boo boo, like do it, like just own it. It's amazing. Jesus loves you so much. And so, but they were, they were that, you know what I mean? Like, and they were, they were in the hallway and um, I remember walking by and, and saying, Hey to them. And as I said, Hey, they just like, you know, like, and so, um, and, and, and so we, she was like, those kids are never going to like you. She's like, you're like, yay, sports. And they're like, the dark Lord, you know, whatever. And so, so they're like, they're, those kids are never going to like you. And so she was, she was like, you know, like, and, 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 and turns out about a year into that job, they had not talked to me or anything. And so we kind of knew about each other and we'd built up these ideas about each other. And so I think we kind of wrote each other off after just knowing about each other, but we'd never actually taken the time to have a conversation. Well, on a retreat, a summer retreat, I ended up getting on the bus and being next to one of these kids. And, uh, and at first he gave me the international sign for, don't touch me, right? And then uh, he saw me get out a book. I just so happened to be reading at the time. One of my roommates had recommended it to me. I was reading Harry Potter. As I'm reading Harry Potter, he looks over. He's like, you like Harry Potter? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what house are you? And I was like, Gryffindor, Death, Slytherin, you know what I'm saying? Like, and um, yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I'm I, like, and so we started talking. And as we actually connected personally, you guys, the reason why I'm telling you this is as we started to have conversation and get to know each other, we realized we had a lot in common. All of a sudden we realized, oh my gosh, we both have alcoholism in our family that's affected our family in a really big way. We realized that uh, much of our stories are the same. Neither of us really grew up in church, but we kind of found ourselves there. Like all of a sudden we start to realize we've got a lot of things in common. We start sharing common interests and it ends up being that, that we actually struck up a friendship. That kid starts coming around. We start hanging out. He graduates. He comes up to the University of Georgia. He becomes my roommate his freshman year, my senior year. He actually lives with me. Then he is actually uh, one of the groomsmen in my wedding. And then now you guys, he spends every Thanksgiving and Christmas with us. He spends that time with us. And, and my kids now, my, my kids call him Uncle Michael. There's a big difference between knowing about somebody and taking time to know them personally. And the same is true with your relationship with God. You gotta know this. The same is true with your relationship with God. When all you know is some information about God, when all you hear is someone like me stand up and tell you about what God is like, but you don't go and see for yourself, you have a secondhand relationship with God. And it is easy to walk away from that. And it is easy to ignore that. And it is easy when things get hard for that to let you down. And it is easy for that to just crumble when life hits you. That is easy. A secondhand relationship, it does not sustain you. It does not change you. It does not save you. Jesus' invitation is connect with me, abide in me, remain in me, and you will get to know me. And you will, and, and you guys, the more you get to know him, 
the more you will love him, the more you will trust him, the more you will obey him, the more you will be aware of how he is working, the more his voice you will be, your ears will be tuned to it, the more your heart will be sensitive to it, the more your mind will think like it, like you will, you will grow in an awareness of God. And so one of the fruit, one of the results of prioritizing your personal connection with God is that you grow to know God for yourself and not have a secondhand relationship. It becomes firsthand. Another, another result that we get from a personal connection with God, from prioritizing that is it's the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit, the apostle Paul writes about this in Galatians chapter five, starting in verse 22. In Galatians 5, he writes that the fruit or the results of the Holy Spirit of God, of communing with the Holy Spirit of God and actually meeting with God in a personal way, uh, one of the results or the fruit of that is that all of a sudden you begin to, your life takes on the characteristics of Jesus' life. And so he says, all of a sudden in your life, if you will prioritize your personal connection with Jesus, all of a sudden you'll start to see his characteristics show up in you. And so he says, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. He's like, these things will begin to grow and to, and to bubble up in you and you will see them. And I'm, I'm like, like, who doesn't need more of that, right? More peace, more love, more joy more patience, parents. Like who doesn't need more of that? And the apostle Paul says, that's a result of your personal connection with God because you tend to become like the people you hang out with the most, yes? I know this, before I got married, I did not watch very much HGTV, you know what I mean? And now, right, I've been married uh, going on 12 years and, uh, and, and now I have watched every uh, house swap and sell and every investigation discovery. I can tell you about any unsolved murders that have ever happened ever because that's what my wife likes. And the more time I spend with her, then the more that what matters to her matters to me. And the same thing is true in your relationship with God. One of the, one of the results of personal time with God is that the things that matter and the things that you see in his character, they start to become true in you. And you begin, your life begins to look more and more like the life of Jesus, the more you prioritize that time with him. And so you get the results of intimacy with God. You get the results of his characteristics becoming your characteristics. And then finally, this is the last one we'll talk about today is the, the fruit of boldness. And I don't just mean boldness to like share your faith. Although one of the results of spending time with Jesus, one of the results of spending time with him and experiencing intimacy with him and actually having your life transformed by him is that you will be more bold in telling other people about your relationship with God and what they might get to experience because good news is worth sharing. And if God is transforming your life, you're not trying to beat people up or, 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 or shame people or guilt people. You're just going like, God is literally changing my life. You should check him out. So there will be a boldness in you to share your faith because when you are prioritizing personal time with God, then all of a sudden he begins to transform you and you can't help but want to share it. And other people can't help but notice. And so there's a boldness in sharing your faith, but it's not just a boldness of sharing your faith. It's also this boldness of living your faith. 
the more time you spend with Jesus in scripture, in prayer, in, in, in quiet places, like in worship, the more time you spend with him, the more, as we said, you get to know him, the more his characteristics pop up in, up in you, the more boldly you will follow him and trust him with every area of your life. The more bold you begin to follow him and to trust him with your finances, the more bold you begin to trust him with the way that you're parenting, with the way that you're dating, with your friendships, with your career, you begin, the more time you prioritize with him, the more bold you get in trusting him with every area of your life and not just the areas that are comfortable and not just with your Sunday mornings. If you will prioritize your pursuit of him, the more time you spend with him, the more trust gets built and the more boldly you begin to offer up every area of your life to follow him. So these are the results. Jesus says, hey, abide in me, remain in me, prioritize your connection with me. And if you will do that, it's going to produce results in you. And what's crazy, going back to our keystone habit, what's crazy is a little time there affects the rest of your time here. And I'm holding this and this represents like eight hours and, and I'm not even saying eight hours. I'm not saying eight hours a week with Jesus. Although if you did, you'd be levitating out of here. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm saying just a little bit of this begins to affect the rest of your time everywhere else. Because if you will prioritize some time with him, then all of a sudden you grow in intimacy and awareness of him in the rest of these hours. If you will prioritize your pursuit of him, if you will prioritize your personal connection with him, then all of a sudden the characteristics of Jesus begin to show up in your life in the rest of these hours. And so, so now you walk into the rest of these hours with more peace, with more patience, with more, with more goodness, with more kindness, with more love. You begin to walk and it affects all of these hours. If you will prioritize your personal connection with him, you will be bold with how you spend these hours. And now all of a sudden, as you're prioritizing your personal connection with him, you are boldly trusting him with the rest of these hours. And you will be bold in the way that you then rearrange some of these hours. It's a result though, of getting that keystone habit into place. And y'all, I hope that you'll come to learn, and I'm not asking you to just trust me blindly, but I hope that you'll come to learn about me, that I will not ask you to do something that I'm unwilling to do myself. And so I'm just telling you, I've done this. I haven't always done it great. I haven't always done it the best, but I'm telling you, I'm doing this. I'm prioritizing this time, and it is changing the way that I spend the rest of this time. And so I just wanna encourage us to do that. And I just wanna help you to figure that out this week if you don't have this as a rhythm in your life. Let me just give you a couple, a couple ways that you can start doing that, right? That you can begin to make this a priority, that you can begin uh, to pursue this this week. Um, the first thing that you gotta do, if you're gonna, if you're gonna you gotta just pick a place. Pick a place, whether that's, maybe it's, you got an office, maybe it's in your bed, like it's like the first thing that you're gonna do. Uh, maybe it's right next to your bed. 
Maybe for some of you, God bless you. Maybe for some of you, it is, uh, it, it might, in this season, it might be in the shower, right? Where you're just like, it's the only place where they can't get me. You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> for some of you, that's just, that's life right now, like, right? Like it's not, it's not necessarily like ideal. You can't bring your paper Bible in there, but like that might be the place where you need to prioritize connecting with God, uh, it may be, it may be, and this is also, it's not ideal, but th- this may just be the season that you're in. It may be on your commute. It may be on your commute rather than listening to sports talk. Maybe you just listen to some scripture and you talk to God. Maybe, maybe you decide you're gonna go into to work a little bit early. Take the first 15 minutes when you get into the office before everybody else is in there. Make yourself a cup of coffee, sit down, spend time connecting with, with Jesus. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe you can't even go in the office because the second you're in the office, somebody's asking you something to do. And so maybe you just got to sit in your car. Pick a place. My mom, my mom has this nasty green chair. It's like her Jesus chair. You know what I mean? Like it has seen some, some seasons, you know, but that's like her spot, right? She's got her gross green chair that she gets up every morning and that's where she sits and connects with Jesus. And so pick a place, pick a time. Go, go gadget, word. Um, pick a time, pre-decide what time that's gonna be. I, I, I would recommend the morning, but I recognize that some of you are like, nope, can't think, can't talk, can't meet with God, can't talk to anybody, can't even talk to myself, don't wanna be there. You know what I mean? Like, and so maybe that's not you. I would recommend the morning. Um, we see that in the life of Jesus in, in Mark 1, 35, in Luke 5, 16, it says that Jesus's custom, his habit was with, to withdraw in the morning to desolate places. And so he would do that. So maybe, maybe it's in the morning. I personally like the morning. I like to give God the first minutes of my day and it affects the rest of my day. So maybe for you, it's the morning, but maybe you're just like, no way, it's gotta be in the evening or it's gotta be at lunch. I'm gonna go sit in my car, connect with God, but pick, pick a place, pick the time, maybe even put it on the calendar. It doesn't make it less spiritual. Pick the place, pick the time. And then, and then I would say, pick a plan. I wanna say pick a plan. The reason why is because the reason why a lot of you have quit in the past, like prioritizing this time is you didn't know what to do when you got there. You know what I mean? You were like, all right, God, ha, you know, like, and you just didn't know what to do when you got there. And so then you gave up or you missed a week and then you were like, you know, like, and so, or you missed a day and then you were just like, nope, that's it. Not for me. Or, or maybe you just got there and then you did the whole Bible roulette thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where you like, like you just open up the Bible to a random page. And for some days that's great. Cause you're in the Psalms and you're like, the Lord is my refuge. He is my strength. And then other days you end up in Leviticus and it's like, oh, they're like, and on the third day you will sacrifice a dove. And you're like, okay, see you tomorrow, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like intimidating. And so I can totally get that. So pick, pick a plan, right? Like as you're thinking about it, get a plan. And maybe that plan is, you know, there's, there's this great app, the version app that's got all a bajillion plans. And, and, and that's so many, right? Like that's a made up number. There's that many. Like, and so there's a ton of plans on there that you could, you could start one of those. You could, you could pick a book of the Bible and I would just recommend start with a gospel. We're about to, as a church, we're about to, in a couple of weeks, begin a journey through the gospel of Luke. And so maybe, maybe 
Read there, read through Luke and just start reading and read a chapter, uh, uh, read a, chapter a day or a chapter a week and, and just start reading through. Maybe um, you could go to our habits page on our, on our church website. We've got some plans on there for you as well. And just start doing that. But pick a plan. So pick a place, pick a time, pick a plan, and then get started. And if you miss a day, it's okay. If you miss a day, that's all right. Get back at it the next day, right? God's not up there like, are you serious? You know what I mean? Like, like that's not his heart towards you. His heart is, I want to know you personally. I want a connection with you. I want you to know me and what I'm like. And so connect with me. And if you miss a day, then that's okay. Get back at it the next day. And I'm just telling you, according to Jesus, if you'll prioritize that personal relationship, if you will prioritize that connection with him, if you will make that a priority, it will become a keystone habit in your life. And that little bit of time will then affect the rest of this time. It will produce results in your life. And that's what he wants for you. And that's what we want for you. And so I just wanna encourage us, what if this week, what if you just gave it a shot? What if you gave it a shot this week? You prioritize some time connecting with him. You pick a place, you pick a time, you get a plan and you just go for it. I'm telling you that if you will prioritize that time over time, it's going to affect the rest of the way that you spend your time. And you are gonna find that you are investing it in things that are ultimately worth it. Let me pray for us. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you just don't want fearful obedience, but you want uh, a personal relationship with us. You want us to know you. You want us to know your character. You want us to know your heart. Uh, you want us uh, to have that intimate relationship with you. And so thank you that you've invited us to that. Thank you that you made a way for that through Jesus. You made it possible for us to have relationship with you. And I pray that we wouldn't miss out on that amazing opportunity, that we wouldn't take it for granted, that we would seize that opportunity and that we would put that as a priority in our lives, our personal pursuit, our personal connection with you, because we would we're trusting that you are uh, true to your word and that that promise is real, that if we will prioritize that time with you, it's gonna produce results in us. And so would you help us this week by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you help us uh, to set that time aside, to make that a priority, to pursue you? And, and then through that time, would you produce those results? Would you help us to have an intimate relationship with you? Would you help us to live and love and look more like you? And would you help us uh, to be more bold in the way that we trust you with all the rest of our time? Uh, we love you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Amen.